0: up everybody it's the monday water cooler chat on the orange and black insider Bengals podcast i am anthony kazenza i usually roll solo on these things but not this week i've got a very special guest and if you see that beautiful icon right above at the top of your screen or the icon to click on our youtube channel the new cool one you saw in the <laughs> intro video it is because of richard dalton the guy next to me you know him on twitter at dalton signature does a lot of cool stuff wanted to bring him on not only to publicly thank him to talk some bangles and all that good stuff how you doing
1: doing good doing good enjoying the sunny weather
0: yeah you're in uh it's kind of an anomaly for you this time of year where you're at right you're in central washington washington which part of washington
1: central washington so we're kind of right down in the middle and it's uh we're finally finishing out the snow and getting warmer which is nice
0: Awesome. Well, I, I wanted to bring you on to first of all, say what awesome work you've done on our logo. And I know you're, you're continuing to give us little video snippets and other cool things. We can't thank you enough for the great work that you did there. You're also a super Bangles fan. And for those who do not know, he does some great graphic design work in general, but does a lot of cool, cool uh, stuff on uh, on Twitter, um, graphic design stuff. I see this one. this one here was one of my personal faves. Richard, um, the Chris Henry one you pulled up there—that that—that's an awesome one that you did there. So he does a lot of cool designs. How long you been? How long you been doing this kind of stuff? Um, is
1: well, I've been been in graphic design since nineteen ninety six. Graduated from the Art Institute of Seattle, and the sports stuff. You know, I consider myself still very new. I've been doing it for about two years now. And what was something fun to do in the early days, uh, as now just turned up, this is what I want to do
0: professionally. So. Well, it's awesome. You are excellent at it. Here's another cool one. You've been counting down. It's the days to the, Is the days to the draft, right? Um, yes. You've been doing this with various players and their Jersey <laughs> numbers going way in the way back machine. Um, in some of these, and then of course, your most recent one today, which I thought was pretty cool was, uh, celebrating the, International International Women's Day. I'll pull that one up too. So, if any of you need some awesome graphic design work for your own business, personal stuff, if you're looking for bangles wallpaper, any of that kind of stuff, Dalton German, where can people find you and get a hold of you?
1: Uh, definitely find me on Twitter, uh, the Dalton Signature handle. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, Dalton Signature handle. And on Facebook, I do. Uh, you can just look up Dalton RC, and you'll find me.
0: Well, Richard and I met uh, last. Well, I keep saying last year, just because of I know it happened, right? happened in, <laughs> in twenty in twenty twenty. But we met in twenty nineteen, the very first game of the Cincinnati Bengals under Zach Taylor. And man, what a, we, we thought going into that game afterwards. I, I know they lost that game, but I think we all felt pretty pretty good about what we saw that day and the direction of the team. And I guess before we jump, jump into Duke Tobin, what he said today and some other things uh, as we talk about Bengals headlines and whatnot, um, wh- what, do you, what are you feeling about the direction of the team? I, I tend to, I guess, be a little bit pessimistic. I try and be optimistic uh, overall as a Bengals fan. I've just seen and watched a lot of Bengals football in my, in my day. So how do you feel about things going into 21?
1: I, you know, I said this earlier on this year after the Super Bowl that we're, you know, as Bengal fans, we're going to get blown out of the water this year. It's going to be uh, pretty intense. It's something that we're not used to. And uh, what the organization, the front office, what they're doing is amazing. The fact that they're jumping big on social media is huge. And I think the pandemic showed us that we can't reach our fans physically. We can't do meet and greets. We can't do that. So it's all digital and uh, what they're doing is great. So we're going to, you know, last year was the biggest stepping stone. This year is going to be even bigger. What I feel.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll talk more about, uh, I, cause I want to hear also about how you became a Bengals band living in Washington and whatnot. And I know our fans want to hear that too. So we're going to talk about that. And I want to, I want to promote a little bit more of what you're, uh, what you've been putting out there in terms of, uh, graphic design and, and, awesome artwork, but you got a little taste here to start off the show. Let's, let's start with this one though, as we get to the water cooler chat and we start with the Cincinnati Bengals and some news, Richard, we've got Duke Tobin hit the airwaves. It's kind of like a last minute, uh, a little bit of a last minute announcement by the Cincinnati Bengals that he was going to hit the airwaves on Monday, kind of talk about some things. Uh, did you watch it? Did you watch the, the presser?
1: Yes, I did. I did. Okay.
0: Okay, what what did you what were some of your main takeaways here? Because it sounds like the Bengals were gonna be, I don't know how you would want to word this, maybe cautiously aggressive in free agency. They wanted to kind of get a feel of some things, but they're not gonna sit on their hands, it sounded like. But what were your takeaways from from Duke Tobin and what uh what you heard from him on Monday? I think the biggest positive
1: for me was the uh they're feeling more comfortable about uh going into free agency as well mm-hmm. as the draft and just with free agency spending the money and you know they're at a flexible position where they can do that and i think that's amazing and and to hear it from him is even even greater because it, it puts a lot of worry away in as a bengal fan so what we're gonna they're gonna be doing is i, I I'm, I'm gonna try to keep up with it and i don't think i will be able to that's kind of my feeling it's gonna be that busy
0: yeah, and the the interesting thing, at least as of a little bit before this, uh, the this show went live. They were still trying to determine the exact number of the salary cap, and that may affect the franchise tag date. Which um, you know that that deadline right now is set for tomorrow. We'll talk about that in a second, but. Um, That may affect some things there too, uh, at least as of last, uh, a little bit earlier today. So, um, But you see here the way we've managed our cap and coming into it the way we are, I think we've got a certain advantage and we're going to take advantage of that. Tobin said in a Zoom call with Cincinnati Media and there were some other topics you see here. Tobin uh, said the situation of eight-time Pro Bowl tackle Geno Atkins is, quote, fluid. and And he indicated that they'd like him to return they thought that the injuries uh, obviously affected his his season. Then, of course, injuries affected a lot of stuff on the defensive side of the ball, and that's kind of where he had the defense of the coaches. Your gut tells you right now, Dalton, about Geno Atkins. Uh, I'm sorry, Richard. I, I'm so used to calling you Dalton. Um, you didn't call me Dalton. No, it's all right. Uh, <laughs> your, your gut feeling, Richard, on, on Geno Atkins returning, I think a lot of people think he's going to be a, a cap casualty. Do you think he returns, maybe he takes a pay cut, Or is that not in the cards for the team uh, or for Gino really at this point?
1: As much as I want him to stick around, I kind of feel like he's not going to uh, cap casually, but also maybe a different system that, um, that they're implementing. I feel like the system has changed. Uh, Carlos Dunlap was a, a, a perfect example of that. I mean, he's a great guy on the field, off the field, amazing guy, but, with the system of changing, you know, it just didn't work out and he did great in Seattle, he helped them where they needed the most, but, uh, we'll see how it goes for Atkins.
0: Yeah. And by the way, just total side note, we've got someone in here. I live in Washington state too. Loki in the live YouTube chat. So Mm -hmm. you've got a fellow, fellow Washington, Washingtonian,
1: uh, I see a lot of Bengals fans in Ellensburg, Washington. And, uh, I get the sly looks from, you know, the Seahawks fans. But, you know, <laughs> I, I get the hoot. I yell it. I say hoot <laughs> There's a lot out. of them
0: at that game, man. There's a lot of them at that Seattle game. Yeah. I was a little surprised.
1: And you know what? I've been to a lot of Seahawks games. I had – and typically they're not nice, but they've gotten better over the years. <laughs> um, it must have been that one Green Bay Packers game. Yeah, it might have been that one. And, okay. But prior to that, I used to work at the a special stands in the stadium. So I used to go to the oh. games and I used to go down to the locker rooms and hang out and go to the private suites and whatnot. So.
0: Awesome. Um, yeah, I, I just – I remember going to that game and I was like, wow, there, there are a lot of Bengals fans here. That's a little surprising. Uh, um, what, we, what we don't know is – the Bengals have been teasing us with new uniforms this year, right? Um, we don't really know exactly. They've, they've said, you know, kind of go, think of a, a classic, a more basic look. We haven't really, you know, there's been a lot of mock-ups on, uh, the, on Twitter and whatnot. A lot of people kind of making guesses out there. Well, we, we had one kind of float around. I guess some jerseys were floating around on eBay, right? Um, yeah. And there, there were a couple <laughs> models of them. And here, if if you're seeing the screen here, uh, this is the black and an orange version of the jersey, at least that were on the, uh, for sale on eBay. Kind of, the one thing I thought was kind of cool was the Paul Brown signature around the inside of the neck. I thought that was a cool little touch. Um, I, you know, I think I liked the black. I wasn't as fond of the orange look. I mean, it was basic. And I've got another thing I'm going to share where it actually, someone kind of put it it looks a little better when you see it on a person there but your thoughts of these richard when you saw this kind of hit the airwaves i think it was a little bit uh and and how legitimate do you think these things are i i don't know you know I, i'm looking at them i'm like there's pieces of it that to me look pretty legitimate and other parts where i'm like eh, i don't know yeah
1: the uh i just put my head on my hand on my head and said no <laughs> <laughs> you I, didn't, I, 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 I like what like, you know i like the black one i think the black one's great Yeah. Um, I, you know, if you start getting nitpicky like I do, I'll look into it, I'll zoom into it. And I, I, you know, with my background in Photoshop, I'm (laughs) going to see those bits and pieces that are not supposed to be there. And, um, and hearing about other experiences on on Twitter about their experience of trying to buy it and it not working out. So, yeah. But then again, you don't know because that's the beauty of what the Bengals what the organization is doing, you know, Elizabeth and, and, uh, Emily and Seth and all of them are just, they're brainstorming enough to drive us crazy with excitement because this is what we've been wanting for years and we're finally getting it, um, with the new uniforms coming out. And I know a lot of people have been bugging me to do it, but I'm kind of holding out because I, I have an idea I have a plan.
0: So you are going to, you are going to give your, uh, your yes. guesstimation. Okay. Okay, good. Um, yeah, just sharing it one more time. This was something that was put out on on Twitter as well. The look, uh, you know, potentially that one as actually a jersey cut. So it looks a little cleaner when you see it, yeah. and especially the black on black. I think that's a nice look if that's the way they end up going. Um, the black on black is a, uh, a really good look there. But you know, I've seen some mock-ups of the white ones too. That one looks pretty cool. Uh, I was, I just was not as fond of the orange ones personally. And we'll, we'll see how yeah. legitimate this is. The Bengals have kind of remained mum on that. They did not ask Duke Tobin that on Tuesday. I'm sure people were instructed specifically not to. Um, yeah. At least that's my <laughs> <laughs> that's my guess. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, uh, interesting stuff there. But um, I. I still don't know, even if that's if that is kind of the model that may not even be a finished product at this point, they may yeah. kind of do some fine tuning because it seems, I think, right? They're going to probably unveil them in April, right? That's kind of the plan at this point,
1: yeah. And you know, yeah. interesting enough, the uh, what the black on uh, the black with the orange it reminds me of uh, Atlanta Falcons a little they, bit, co- yeah, and yeah. the um, 49ers the color rush, the black with the red. Uh, so, you know, as much as I love that, I think, I think, I don't know, I really want them to go old school. Yeah. One thing I loved about doing the countdown to the draft is looking up all these old players from way back in the day and, and researching on what they've done, you know, uh, on the field, off the field and just seeing all those, uh, old jerseys, the old cleats, the old helmets. You know that's rich history, and for a guy like me who grew up in Alaska, and with my clinket Native American background, we we were always taught to remember where you came from uh, and who you are. And so I translate a lot of that into my uh, love for being a Bengals fan, and I'm learning more about where we've come back, come from as a team and our organization, and I've been loving it.
0: Yeah. I mean, we had Ken Anderson on a while ago and uh, actually not too long ago. We've had him on a couple of times, but uh, the last time we kind of asked him about some Jersey, Jersey leaks and, you know, Jersey ideas. And he is definitely fond of at least putting in the rotation, the old school Bengals lettering on the helmet, kind of the pumpkin head deal. Um, and, and at least, you know, why not do that for, if if you have a primetime game, if you have one of those games, why not throw that in the mix, right? Special game is Steelers, Steelers week or whatever, throw that in the mix one or two times a year. You got the white jerseys, you can mix in the orange jerseys, the black jerseys, and just kind of have a little fun with it. I mean, you don't want to be the Oregon ducks necessarily in terms of (laughs) amount of option, jersey options that they have. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm with you. I, I mean, Hey, I got the old school one of the old school logos going on my hat here. So yeah. um, I'm with you there. Speaking of remembering the past here, TJ Hushman Zada has uh, been talking about the Cincinnati Bengals recently, quite, quite frequently. And he was asked recently about what the Bengals should do with their fifth pick. You and I talked about this before we got on the air, Richard, we were a little surprised. He didn't go right away at wide receiver. He said, Pinay Sewell from Oregon offensive tackle or Rashawn Slater The tackle from Northwestern, you have to draft one of those guys. The focus for the Bengals should be offensive line early and often in the draft. And you can, if you can find a defensive starter up front, you do that as well. But you have to keep Joe Burrow protected. This is, this is the interesting, um, and this was on Colin Cowherd's show, by the way, but this was the, the, the point that really resonated with it the Ravens always play defense. Oh, and the Browns have Miles Garrett. So you have to keep Joe Burrow upright and protect him, and it starts up front. And then, of course, Pittsburgh usually has a way to, even if they're down in personnel, having a down year, which for them is not really a down year by most other team standards. But if they're mm-hmm. having a down year, they are usually pretty stout still on defense. It's kind of their trademark. So Interesting point by by Hushman Zada. Hard to kind of argue it, but I do see the merits of going other directions. What do you think about what he said here on on Cowherd Show?
1: Uh, You know, the penne, I think everyone's going to definitely back that one up. Um, Not going for wide receiver. Yes, that's a little crazy, but we do have some great wide receivers, but in the draft to pick up Chase and team him up with Burrow, oh my god god that would be so amazing (laughs) Um, yeah and and there's been a lot of talk in that that that, yes we have a need for our offensive line but for chase and 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 joe to have that connection you know to pick up on that and to have that speed and separation there in that instance alone there's not much to worry about as far as our o-line but you know o-line is important um and forgive me for referencing Seattle uh, Seahawks so often, but I, I live here, so I'm constantly bombarded. But Russell Wilson doesn't have an O-line, and it's showing, and, and he's even demanding better protection this year. So
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: O-line's important.
0: Yeah, and I think I, – I, I assume you would, you would agree with this statement. I think they're going to go heavy, heavy in one way, in free agency and heavy in another in the draft. And what I mean by that is probably you're either going to go, you know, kind of meat and potatoes, offensive line, defensive line in free agency, or you're going to do it in the draft and you're going to go wide receiver flash in the draft, or you're going to do it in free agency. And and so that way, you know, you're you're freeing yourself up of just having to make so many desperation picks in the draft. They're probably going to need to, you know, fill some needs in free agency, whether, There's some good offensive line names that are starting to hit the market now, too. You know, so a lot of teams are in bad kind of salary cap hell now. So um, there are a lot of a lot of guys hitting the market. So, you know, maybe that's where they go and they get the proven commodities that they that are known um, in in, on the offensive line and and go that route. And then, you know, maybe they go with the flash um, cornerbacks, receivers, that sort of thing in the draft. Who knows? But I think it's going to be one way or the other. Personally, I don't know if you agree or disagree with that.
1: Yeah, no, I, th- I feel like that's the same thing that's going to happen. It'll be interesting to see how it goes down. Yep. And, you, yep. you know, that's what I'm, I'm waiting for. We're at the edge of our seat. I'm sure everyone is, and it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, and this may just contradict exactly what I just said. Regardless, the, the Bengals may be locked in, quote-unquote, on Sewell at number five. So, um, you know, maybe if they are locked in on him at number five and they believe they're going to be there, maybe they just forego a tackle in, a, in free agency, and that's just where they're going to go. But um, according to Matt Miller, um, he he was formerly, I believe of Bleacher Report and now is with another platform. Um, he says, get, quote, get used to this when you'll see predicted here all the way to April 29th, given the Intel available. I was hearing from league sources in December that Sewell was already locked in as the Bengals target in round one. Earlier today, when, when Duke Tobin took the air, he was kind of noncommittal about if the Bengals were looking at staying at five or moving back, he kind of just said, well, you, you know, you're going to, you're going to hear the offers. I think you're going to hear what people have to offer you to, to get into that spot, but um, definitely. And and then he kind of was a little bit vague on his familiarity with Panay Sewell there too. Uh, But um, I don't know. I, 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 this is kind of the, tis the, tis the season when rumors fly and everybody thinks they know what, what teams are doing and, There are always a couple of surprises there. But, uh, I mean, I I think that's definitely one of the names on the short list that the Bengals are looking at at number five, for sure.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Did you get to watch a lot of him? Uh, Because he's kind of in your neck of the woods. They're playing at Oregon. And I know he didn't play last year. But did you get to watch a lot of him in college, Penesol? No.
1: Just from uh, some of the clips that you shared uh, earlier in the year, I think. Amazing. Mm -hmm. The footwork, the handwork. Ah, oh, just just amazing. And one thing that's always fascinating about O line is uh how the coordination of like all of the handwork it, it always comes to mind of jujitsu. Mm-hmm. You know, or uh it's just counter uh if if he pushes this way, you pull this way, he he pulls that way, you push this way, and and the counter moves and like Willie Anderson, like what he does in his uh, academy, and uh, that's amazing. I, it's always fascinating how that works.
0: Yeah, these guys, they they like to, especially offensive linemen, defensive linemen, they like to blend in multiple kind of disciplines, physical disciplines. Like I, we had Mike Daniels on the show uh, last, you know, yeah. during the fall, and he's talking, you know, I mean, we shared his workout stuff. It was crazy. I mean, he's doing yoga. He's doing all this other stuff. And then you see it. We 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 were playing these workout regimens he was doing, and then we we played a clip of him against the Titans, and you see some of the things that he put in action on actual game film based on some summer workouts and different things you were you do that you know you kind of figure, well, you know, how does that work for a three hundred pound defensive lineman? Is that really going to be effective? And then you see it work on game film, and the play one of the plays specifically resulted in a turnover. So it was kind of like, wow, okay, this this is the kind of stuff when you mention you know, handwork and hand fighting. And it almost, it almost seems like a mixed martial arts or a jujitsu or something like yeah. that. Um, that. That's an interesting, that's an interesting point. Did you see also that Mike Jordan is working out with Willie Anderson?
1: That, yeah. And the video clip they shared was amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing but good can come from, from come of that, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. And, you know, we've always, our fans have been like, you know, get ready, get them in there. Right. So that's uh that's a pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. He's looking to make, make the next step. I, I know, you know, some, some fans have been a little hard on, on Michael Jordan. He is still very, very young and he's a guy that, you know, has a lot of, of growth to be had potentially. So, I mean, I, I still have high hopes for him. He was one of my favorite picks of that class a couple of years ago. Um, but you know, they just need him to take the next step, especially if they're going to rely on him to, to man a starting spot, or if they want him to be at least a spot starter in the, in the wake of an emergency. Um Not No surprise here, Richard, Bengals released B.J. Finney. You you know, this one may resonate with you a bit because he was with the Seahawks and he was involved in that Dunlap trade. Bengals shed some uh, salary cap space. This was just a weird thing for me. I I kind of always was like, you know, why why isn't this guy playing? Uh, You got him on this deal – at least see what you got from the guy. See if he could be a serviceable starter. See if he could be a serviceable swing, versatile backup type of guy. Um, and, you know, you see the Bengals save $3.275 million. You know, this was a few days ago. Some of you already probably know this happened. But just in case, we're catching up on all these things. Not a surprise move for the Bengals, but a little bit surprising. They just never really gave them a shot to at least get some playing time and, and see what they could get out of them.
1: Yeah, yeah I was surprised. But not surprised but um it was just interesting how the whole deal worked out and then now you have uh carlos Dun- dunlap a free agent but i think as far as that goes i think that was just because it you know what did it, it save seahawks eight million or
0: yeah it saved him quite a bit you're you're the king of the segue my friend because we're going on that one next year talking about dunlap wow. being released um The, uh, that one was something that, I mean, he, he played very well for the Seahawks down the stretch here, um, and, and helped them in their playoff push. Uh, you know, he had, gosh, what was it? A handful of sacks in in the final few games and just kind of went on one of those trademark Carlos Dunlap streaks. You see here a little stat also from PFF: 582 career total pressures, second among active edge defenders. So he's still got some stuff left in the tank. I think it's just a matter of how much what is a team willing to pay him. I do not see at all a reunion for the Bengals in Dunlap, by the way. I don't know if you do either, but <laughs> um, yeah, so he's a free agent.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely don't see him coming back. And uh, like I talked about earlier, as the system is changing and and with football, that it, it happens. You know, I think the biggest fear of any human being is change. And for us Bengals fans, it's like we're excited but we're scared <laughs> or we're fearful of what the change right. may be. And. You know, Dunlap, I, this guy is amazing he, on the field and off. He's done, he's impacted a lot of people. And didn't he do uh, the breast cancer awareness where he took a bunch of um, sub, uh, cancer patients surviving and and took them out and took care of them? and Yeah, I think
0: he um, took them to like brunch and have their nails done some women who are, yeah. like, who are breast cancer survivors. Yeah, you're right. That's a good call, yeah. So, it, it, and uh,
1: it's... It, I love that these players do these amazing things off the field and there are different platforms. Um, but a lot of times we just really got to remember it's a business part of it as far as being traded or let go or, uh, you know, finding new teams. And, you know, the Seahawks loved what he did for them, but as with what their salary cap is and how how many uh, draft picks they may have or not have right now. It just had to be a business deal.
0: Yeah. And if they, if they end up kind of, uh, you know, appeasing Russell Wilson and, in, in his public yeah. appeals for, for offensive linemen, they're going to probably need to pay, pay some money there. So they need to, to make up some space. Yeah. You see here, uh, Interesting note by TC Ball in the live YouTube chat, anything Marvin Lewis is almost gone, meaning on the Bengals roster. I mean, there's still some holdovers there, but um, I mean, there are a lot of, you know, a lot of the names are probably going to be gone. AJ Green, Geno Atkins, and, uh, you know, Carlos Dunlap was gone. I mean, you still got Giovanni Bernard, Sam Hubbard technically is a Marvin Lewis guy, but, uh, you know, some of those older names uh, are not, uh, you know, there this roster is being remade in, in Zach Taylor's image for sure. Yeah for better or for I, I,
1: worse <laughs> yeah and i'm glad it's not a, it wasn't an overnight thing where it just completely scratched uh right. yeah, i think in the beginning i was frustrated because things weren't happening but uh the way they've been handling it has been really good uh long term it's, it's just getting better and better
0: yeah by the way uh just before we keep going on this is the orange and black insider bangles podcast the monday water cooler chat talking to you just about a little over a week away from the onset of free agency. Excited to hear about what the Bengals will be doing. We're talking with Richard Dalton, just a fun special guest. He's the guy, the architect of the awesome new logos for the show that you see on your screen and in the intro videos, all of that. He did an awesome job for us, Uh, does some great graphic design work and is a mega Bengals fan. It seems like, man, you're putting out cool content about the Bengals, um, all the time. And one of which is like this bad boy right here, the Jesse Bates <laughs> wallpaper that you got there. Um, if you need some graphic design work, we want to, we want to point you to this guy. Cause he, uh, we can personally attest, he does great work and high quality work and he'll uh, get you a lot of different multimedia. So if you need that, um, please, please hit him up at Dalton Signature. Richard, how, how did you become a Bengals fan? You're, you're living in Washington. You said you grew up in Alaska. So how did you become a Bengals fan through all of this? I know you've kind of told me this when we when we spoke a bit in Washington when we met, but yeah. I, I know our fans also follow you on Twitter as well. So let them know how, how you became a Bengals fan, if you would. You
1: know, back when the Bengals last went to the Super Bowl, I was uh, – a freshman in high school and I was living in um, Gallup, New Mexico. And when I was going to school there, uh, the, the, ma- the mascot was a bangle. So it was oh, like yeah. bangles. And, uh, and, and so I, for me, I was excited and proud to be a bangle and uh, my family took it upon uh, themselves to think, Oh, The Bengals went to the Super Bowl. He's in the school where the Bengals is all it is. And uh, when I came back to Alaska, I was showered with Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals. I had the bomber jacket. It was amazing. I had the MC Hammer type parachute pants (laughs) with the big stripes on it. And I wish I still had them today because, you know, I I would embarrass my family and go wear them. Um,
0: but you the, know, the, Zuba, the Zuba's pants, remember the Zubas? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the
1: Zumas. Uh, Zuma's. And, and you know, I've been a fan, you know, for since then, since '89. And uh, you know, and I'll be honest, I've been kind of a weather fan for many of those years. But uh, I'd say in the past uh, 10, 12 years, it's kind of just developed more and more and more. And, and I've become so immersed into, uh, the Bengals every season and getting more involved in the offseason. I mean, hell I'm here with you. <laughs> <laughs> <All> <laughs> talking right. about it. Right. So, uh, you know, I love it. And, um, I vowed to never watch college football, but now that I'm doing it, damn it. Now my <laughs> whole year is so busy and uh, overwhelmed with joy and happiness. Not that my family would say that, but, um, so yeah, I've been a fan since then. And like I said, I grew up in Alaska and I was born in Washington, so I should be a Seahawks fan. I was born in Seattle, but I'm not, but I have been to a lot of the games. And, uh, you know, as far as my family goes, I do support them a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, It's, it's just funny hearing, not funny. It's, it's actually just awesome hearing how people, you know, become Bengals fans, especially those I resonate with those who are not from Cincinnati because I, I am not, and I was not raised there. And I, you know, have, have followed the Bengals and done, done this show, done writing on Cincy jungle for years and years and years now. And um, you know, it's just kind of a, a passion. And I know like when you, when you dive in, I'm sure for you too, when you do the, the graphic design work, it just uh, you know kind of feeds the passion there. I'm getting some awesome sunlight in my right in my eyeball too. It's pretty pretty awesome. Uh, let's let's keep it rolling though. A um, little bit more Bengals news. Then we're going to uh, we're going to go into some AFC North news and then wrap it up with just a little quick whip around the NFL. This is uh, you know I feel like this is a guy that on the field he made he made a bit of a difference. Uh, last year for the Bengals on a rental deal. Definitely not a game breaker player, but it seems like a really good guy as well. But Josh Bynes, he was signed a one year deal. Um, you know, was kind of a, a locker room guy. You see the captain on, on his chest as a veteran Baltimore Ravens yeah. linebacker. He says, you know, he wants to quote, he wants to have a team have faith in him. I believe this was maybe on the uh, the NFL Network morning program, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, basically, for me it's just to continue playing this game. Let me go out there and continue to show that I can play this game to full potential. This will be my 11th season coming up and I have a lot left in the tank and I want to play as long as I can. I want a team to have faith in me knowing that I can go out there and play each and every game. Like it's my last Uh, a little bit more there too, but uh, you know, he had some moments where he played pretty well against the Bengals. There were some moments where, you know, he, he was exposed a little bit, but overall I think, this was when you had him, you had Logan Wilson out there when he was healthy. Akeem Davis-Gaither flashed a bit. Jermaine Pratt still growing, but he had a couple of nice games. A couple of games where you kind of were, eh. But overall, I think that the last year's linebacker core was far less of a liability than it was in 19 um, and, and even the years prior. So, you know, I, to me, I think from a leadership standpoint and whatnot, I wouldn't be opposed to Bynes coming back. It would. It would the contract would have to make sense. Um but uh, what, what do you think about Josh Bynes and what, what he brings to the table in his 11th season?
1: Uh, definitely the leadership, uh, being a veteran, and, and that and that's definitely the plus. That's the biggest part. But for me, the biggest part was the energy he brought on the field. And yeah. uh, you can see it. And I think... As a Die Hard Bengals fan, uh, I want to see that. I want to see the emotion. I want to see the ups and downs. I want to see the excitement. I want to, you know, like a Joe Mixon jumping on (laughs) Eugene Green for the touchdown. You know, I, as a fan, love to see that. Um, You know, I got to do uh, some college uh, graphics for uh, the, uh, the local university here. And I got to experience the sideline from uh, that level. And, and I, I can't even imagine what it's like in, in the NFL, to walk on the sideline, to hear and see, essentially just feel with every part of your body the excitement of a football game. And so when you know they see what Josh has done on the field and energy he brings and see what uh, uh, Joe Mixon does when he's jumping over everybody, screaming and hollering, uh, I think we need to see more of that as fans and uh, to feel more like right? things are happening. Positive things are happening. There's uh, great things that, you know, when a team has a bad season or a bad game that they're able to express those things. Uh, so I think that's great. Josh is going to, I hope he gets another year or two with us and it would be awesome.
0: Yeah. Great guy too. Just, it just seems like a great guy. And he's a guy I remember, the year prior playing for the Ravens that I, when the Bengals played them in, in 19, I was like, man, who is this? Guy? There was one game where he was just all over the place. I'm like, man, this this guy's all over the place. Uh, <laughs> and I, that's, that's why I was pretty excited when the Bengals signed him and, and he had a, a decent year with the team and, and was a nice uh, veteran presence in a group that had a lot of young faces. So uh, I, yeah. you know, I wouldn't be opposed to him coming back if it's, you know, kind of, again, a, a bit of a, you know, monitor the snaps a role player type of thing and, yeah. and obviously keeping the the young guys uh, under his wing well our, our buddies over at all Bangles have another one for you here uh James Rapine and, and uh, Nicole yeah. Zembrode and and all of the the great people over there Blake Blake Jewell uh, Bangles mentioned in wild trade idea involving the fifth overall pick in the 2021 draft um, you see here this was just i, I I don't understand this one. Um, basically, the, ba- the the Bengals w- trade for Zach Ertz um, and get the the number six pick. The Bengals give up the number five pick and a, and a pick. I mean, they're taking on a big contract if you do that. Um, and that's at that point, I- I'm I'm almost kind of like you know, if that's if that's a, a viable option for me, I'm kind of like, or if that's one of the options that's presented to me on the table, I'm kind of like you know. Why don't you just do more at the other areas of need in free agency and then use that fifth pick on Kyle Pitts? If that's really what you want to do, yeah. um, I, I that's why I'm like, now you're giving up a pick or you're taking on this big contract. <laughs> I would rather see them you know, bolster the offensive line, maybe get a, get a wide receiver if they want to do that, spend the money there, and then you use that pick at Kyle Pitts. That would make a little more sense to me personally. What do you think? I definitely
1: would definitely go for the Kyle Pitts. I think that would – long-term would be a lot better. Uh, Zach Ertz, I think you would be all right, but it, that's a little bit harder because you, 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 you got like Pitts who is, I haven't quite seen the videos on Pitts and I, I've read a lot about uh, some of the feedback from his videos of, uh, and it sounds great. So why not go there and get that, get him plugged in and start uh, building around him and, you know, er- Zach Ertz would be great coming in, but I think we're at a building stage where we just got to start piling more on. It it just,
0: yeah, it just does. It seems from a roster construction standpoint that you can do more by flipping it that way instead of paying the money. I I don't know. It Mm -hmm. just, to me, it just, it didn't really make sense. But it was an interesting thought for sure. Interesting thought, and that was put out there by by.
1: That was uh, a pretty bold. That was a pretty bold breakdown. I was like, (laughs) wow, what? I don't see us doing that, but great. Yeah, and that's what I love about the draft is everyone gets to put their, their two cents in about what they think is going to happen.
0: Right, and, um, right. Uh, well, we've, we've got one of our, our good buds in the live YouTube chat, Engraven Vids, Justin from Engraven Vids. He, if, you're, if you are if you want to know what's going on in all the Baltimore Ravens world, go, go check out his channel too. He's been on our show a couple times. Awesome. Good to see him. He's saying what's up in the in the live chat. So what's up to him? His channel is awesome. He's got like 30,000 subscribers. So we're just... Peanuts compared to that guy, yeah, he's he he kills it. So go check out his channel. We'll get him back on when the when probably closer to the draft to see what's going on with the Ravens. Too. Oh, that's
1: right, that guy was awesome. Okay, remember, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. And he's
0: been on Ace and Zim show before too. He's he's a good dude. For him, we'll yeah. get to some Ravens news in just a second. For him, it's been a little quieter on their front, but we'll, we'll get to some Ravens news in a minute there if he's going to hang out with us. But good to see all of you. We've got a lot of people joining us in the various yeah. platforms, and as always, you can join us for the live recordings. Whether it's the Monday water cooler chat, whether it's the Wednesday deep dive show that we do, myself and John Sheeran, whether it's listener questions live, you can join us live on our YouTube channel. you got to subscribe there to get notified when we go live and or when we have new material out. Uh, You can catch us on the Cincy Jungle Facebook page. All of our stuff is on cincyjungle.com. And then, of course, you can join us on one of a couple Twitter accounts um to uh to for the live stream otherwise get it on your video favorite audio streamers from there man i'm getting a suntan with this sun glare going on here this time of day is this time of day is brutal man uh gotta that's hey that's part of what you get in the live stream you get the you get exactly. the the sun dealing with the sun and whatnot um hey let's let's cruise on here this uh this is about uh, the, the franchise tag that I mentioned earlier and the Bengals may get a little bit of time. And not only that, just to kind of tack on to this, Duke Tobin was also, it sounded like they were going to be deciding on on doing a, a franchise tag or not for one of these guys, yeah. William Jackson or Lawson. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously of course that's the scenario, but it's uh, to me I kind of got the feeling a little bit that there's probably going to be one of these guys tagged. And I, to me yeah. it's kind of his kind of smirk um when he was if I guess if I want to read between lines that's kind of um what I took out of it but the Bengals because there still has yet at least a little bit I haven't seen it come through quite yet especially since we've been on the air now but um yeah. I, I haven't seen it quite yet if there's a specific decision on the salary cap yet but because they're deciding on a specific figure this may push back the tag uh, deadline. Yeah. So the Bengals may have a little bit of more time to try and get a long-term deal done before needing to use the tag on one of these two, which um, I, I ultimately, I think I think that's where this ends up. I, I think that for me, the ideal, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this, Richard, the ideal situation for me is the Bengals get some form of a long-term contract, uh, probably three years or so for Lawson and your franchise tag, William Jackson. William Jackson's been a good corner Uh, He's had some injury issues. There's been a little bit of consistency issues, but when he is on, he is very, very good. Um, And and he's a little bit older now too. So to me, I think if ideally you want to keep both of these guys, to me, that's a little bit of the ideal situation. I know using the franchise tag is never ideal, but I don't know your thoughts there.
1: That's exactly, uh, that's exactly what I would say. Uh, Lawson, you got to sign him for a long-term. I definitely would not want to use the franchise tag on him. Uh, William De- William Jackson III. I love that guy. He does a great job. Um, but uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, Lawson, that guy is a beast. Just a beast. Photoshopping that guy yeah. is like, damn, this guy is huge.
0: Yeah. Uh, Weight room and, warrior, man. That guy is. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: So and, and and to be a little bold, there, I would still pick Lawson over JJ Watt. JJ Watt's yeah. great but there's a lot of potential where uh, um, Boston is and what he's going to be able to do. And, and to build that culture, I think you need to sign him long-term. And, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, th- I think that he's still a guy that, you know, because he's a bit younger, I mean, he's still a guy that has some potential that he has yet to be scratched. So yeah. Um, at any rate, here's a little bit for, for adjusting here. We're going to transition to some AFC North news. We're going a little long, but it's a, it's a lot of fun with, a, with guest host Richard Dalton of at Dalton Signature, the Twitter handle. Go check out all of the great work he does. And if you need some graphic design work done for your business, your nonprofit, if you want some Bengals wallpaper, whatever, hit him up and uh, he'll he'll hook you up. He does awesome awesome work, as evidenced by the logos he created for us. Little bit, and I'm sure our boy Justin, if he is still watching, knows this from Engraven Vids. The the Ravens bring back defensive tackle Justin Ellis on a one year deal. So they, I mean, that that's a big boy right there. Um, so they are getting uh, continuing to keep some some depth along their defensive line there. He is a thirty-year-old guy, but he was set to hit the open market, and they were able to to get him to another one-year deal, bolstering their um, their defensive line. Interestingly enough, Richard, the the Ravens were not that great overall last year at at yeah. just generating pressure without blitzing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure that's going to be, you know, they they made a trade for in And, uh, of course that would, yeah. you wouldn't have known that in the games they played against the Bengals. Cause they just absolutely hammered Joe Burrow, uh, <laughs> in that game. But, um, yeah, I mean they 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 were you know a heavy blitzing team, and I'm sure they'd like to be able to free up some of these rushers and and be able to rush off the edge without blitzing as much as next year. But uh, a good signing, a one years one year deal for Justin Ellis, a role player for them, and a guy that uh, you know rough and tumble AFC North. They want to they want to get they want to get the big bodies in there to be able to <laughs> to defend the run and uh, do what they need to do. The Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah, I, I know you got thoughts on this one. I know you got thoughts on this one. The Pittsburgh Steelers, by the way, Jason Markham with the clutch the clutch picture on CincyJungle.com and uh, Ryan Finley approved. Steelers bringing, back, Steelers bringing back Ben Roethlisberger. Here's the thing with this. Uh, I, I think overall a lot of people are saying, hey, this is good news for the rest of the AFC North. Ben's declining. Ben's still good, man. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, there, there's, there are issues there, and the, the age is catching up. The injuries are catching up. Ben's still pretty good. He can win games. That team won, what, 11, 12 games last year, right? I mean, they're they're a good team. Um, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. But the thing that bothers me is every time, Richard, I hear that the Pittsburgh Steelers are in some form of salary cap hell. They seem to be able to dig themselves out of it by reworking certain contracts and, and whatnot. But your, your thoughts on Ben coming back, with the Steelers and reworking his contract?
1: You know, as much as I dislike the Steelers, all the time, <laughs> um, Ben is actually, he's good. You know, he's uh, a different kind of quarterback. He, you know, he's not mobile, but with not being mobile, he's a, a stout guy who can move. And, you know, you either uh, RG3 mobile, or you're a Russell Wilson mobile, or you're a guy who just sits there and fake pumps and gets the ball to your receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's fine that he's back. I'm not worried one bit. Uh, I think with what we're going to be doing in developing our team and our defense, I, I think they should be worried. Um, but no, Ben coming back is not a big deal. Uh, Predictable. Predictable, yes. It'll be interesting to see how it goes in the season. Uh, but you're right; they always figure it out. They restructure and and hats off to them for doing that. And when you're salary cap hell, you got to do what you got to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, you see here, uh, Ben Roethlisberger willingly reduced his pay to 14 million from 19 million. Uh, yeah. the, the one thing you know, you mentioned the other. Ben is still kind of that older, the the last generation of quarterbacks that was more of the traditional pocket passer. I mean, Ben was was incredible at navigating a pocket and breaking out of sacks and all of that. Uh, and and he he wasn't mobile, but he he did enough. I would say for his size to be able to move around. This next, I mean, there are those that are are really really nimble, like you know, and, and run the ball quite a bit. You mentioned a couple of names as well as like Lamar Jackson and whatnot. But um, I mean, even guys like Joe Burrow, they have running ability, and they're not the traditional statues like a Carson Palmer or a Ben Roethlisberger back there. I mean, they yeah. they they know how to navigate the pocket, move around, and make plays kind of ad lib. And that's kind of where the league seems to be trending to in terms of the what they want out of their quarterbacks. Not necessarily, you know, running like a Michael Vick type of thing, but, um yeah. you know, a guy that can yeah. that can make plays on the fly and, and break away from sacks. That's one thing I would say that has – I wouldn't say has disappeared but has diminished in terms of Ben Roethlisberger's skill set. He was a guy where defenders would just kind of ping pong off of him. They'd, they'd hit him and they'd slide right off yeah. of him and he'd throw the ball around. That's not so much – you haven't seen that as much the last couple of years yeah. from what I've noticed. I've noticed he hits the turf a little bit easier once he gets hit um, and I yeah. guess you'd be expected at the age and with the injuries.
1: Uh, yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what they do for the draft is a quarterback on their first list. Uh, but I think having been back for another year would help, uh, you know, solidify and work with a rookie quarterback. Yeah. if They do get one early on.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think they're probably going to be, I-, I would assume by, by the end of night two, The Pittsburgh Steelers, I I would assume, will have drafted a a young quarterback. I I would think. Speaking of the Steelers, Juju Smith Schuster appears to not be in the plans going forward for the Steelers. Some people may have, may think that that's predictable. Some people may have thought he would have been back. This is an article by Brooke Pryor Mm -hmm. of ESPN. So go check this one out. You know, she kind of chronicles a little bit about some of the stuff he was doing recently on social media. We know he is the social media king. Is Juju Smith-Schuster, but it appears that he and the Steelers just are not um, on the same page. And the Steelers usually like to draft a receiver in the second, third round, um, and groom them from there, and not necessarily give them a second contract. And quite often, it works out pretty well for them. I mean, if you look at, they got productive years out of Santonio Holmes on a rookie yeah. contract, productive years out of Plaxico Burris on his rookie contract. I mean, you can go down the list. I mean, really, Antonio Brown was a guy that got another contract after a couple of amazing years there. Um, but, I mean, you go down the line, they kind of played this thing right, and they just keep kind of bringing in Claypool had a, a lot of nice moments last year. Yep. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, I know for how much hate Bengals fans have for him, mm-hmm. he's been a productive guy. Uh, he's, mm-hmm. he's been a productive player. So, but regardless, he is set to hit the open market. I have no idea if the Bengals would have interest in a guy like that, but uh, it would be interesting to see if he were to land in Cincinnati after being a stealer. <laughs> it would be interesting to see the reaction. But, uh, juju said to be a free agent, Richard.
1: Anywhere but the AFC. <laughs> <laughs> just just uh, no more Juju. No more Juju. Uh, yeah, there's some bad Juju there, really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I honestly, I, I, I think, uh, NFC team would be looking at him. Um, I, I don't know who though, really, but, um, you know, yeah. he does have production, which is good. Uh, but then there comes the annex, but then you have a Tom, a Tom Brady who believes in it, Antonio Brown and gets him a Super Bowl ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really it's a, that chemistry is what I always come to when it comes about, uh, if a player is projected to be moved on to another team or, uh, you know, another division, you know, what's the chemistry like? What, you know, does that team, not just the coaches, but the players, do they believe in him? Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting.
0: It's It's – Tampa Bay is an interesting thing that you bring up there because, you know, they're facing, I don't know if they've put the tag on him yet, but they're facing a decision with Chris Godwin. And uh, you know, he's a guy that that has done some stuff out of the slot. He does the occasional thing outside as well. Um, and that's kind of what Juju does. You know, he's a slot guy, but he yeah. can play outside. And when Antonio Brown was hurt, and out of the lineup, when he was with the Steelers, I mean Juju kind of picked up the slack a couple of years ago and played some a, a lot of outside stuff. So, uh, you know, that's a guy. Maybe you mentioned Tampa Bay. Maybe that is a destination for him if they if they don't want to pay Godwin as much money. Yeah. And then you know, Juju's there. He's you he can kind of do the same things. Maybe he's a little cheaper. I don't know. Um, maybe that's a good fit there. That's an interesting point that you bring yeah. up with with Tampa Bay. Uh, let's move to Cleveland. If we have to, right. Um, (laughs) uh, Just a little bit of note here from uh, 92.3, the fan in Cleveland Browns ticket prices are increasing and they are planning for full capacity at their uh, in their stadium and a ninth home game. I think this coincides. I do not live in that state, but I think it coincides with uh, governor DeWine of Ohio um, starting to, to loosen up on the COVID restriction stuff. So they are planning for full capacity and a ninth home game, meaning, you know, there may be that 17th game on the schedule there mm-hmm. that's been, that's been kicked around there too. So uh, I, I don't know if full capacity is going to be in the, in the cards across the, across the U S but uh, they, the Browns are planning on it. Yeah.
1: Prices going up, you know, if you go to a Seahawks game, you're going to probably take a second more, more. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and, uh, and $20 for a beer. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I-
0: yeah.
1: And you know, my only excuse is I have not paid for a plan ticket ticket to come out to Cincinnati to watch a game. Man. Um,
0: have you been to the but, stadium before? Have you been to Paul Brown? No, oh, no. Wow. I've only, okay. I've
1: only been to Canton. Okay. I watched okay. Uh, Carson Palmer and, uh and uh what was it the Cowboys Hall of Fame game I went to that one okay and I sat behind uh the Steelers bench uh because who was it their head coach uh
0: you know I don't know Steelers the, the, that well Steelers head coach yeah before Tomlin uh,
1: before Tomlin
0: oh Cower, Bill Cower.
1: yes he was okay. there so I got to sit right behind them and then trying oh, no I got to go to the enshrinement. We uh, wouldn't we get tickets for the enshrinement. they were like, we're sold out. I'm like, damn. And they went and checked and they said, well, we got two seats and I got, we got to sit right behind the Steelers. Of course. I'm like, damn it. But that was actually pretty cool. Um, so that was my only ever time I ever got to see, that was the first time I ever got to see the uh, Seahawks play was at Canton. And that oh, was okay. pretty funny. So I, I got I'm to see get... also and, so that was
0: pretty fun. Well, we got to get you out to PBS when things are open and safe and uh, ready ready to go. Well, we'll I, I've been out there a couple of times. It's fun. And the people out there are great for sure. Um, just a quick, this is a quick, quick little thing. I'm just going to run through this. But for those who are, I thought this was a really cool site. For, <laughs> for those on Pro Football Focus who are big, big oh, draft, really draft geeks, um, bookmark this page. I guess I could put the link in, in the live chats, but Pro day schedule and results tracker. This is a really cool thing. It has it by date, has it by school. Um, and then you see if you go all, it's a long, long page. And if you go down towards the bottom, it even says where they rank on their big board. Some of these players that are set to participate. So just a cool, uh, cool thing where it'll give you all kinds of little snapshot information on how how guys are performing when pro days are and all of that courtesy of pro football Focus. Yeah. And I'll just put that in the, in the chat for everybody there. Um, So I I just wanted to share that one. Just helpful, helpful. Uh, Let's go into, this was interesting. We've got a couple more and I appreciate you hanging out with us, Richard. I know I'm going long here. Um, uh, We've got a couple more to get to 11 NFL players uh, who could be overpriced per Greg Rosenthal. And you see here basically who, you know, they can make more than they maybe deserve. Yannick Ngakwe, we mentioned his name earlier. He's only 25 years old, but a guy as an edge rusher um, could be, looks like, you know, you could do an an aggressive kind of rental deal. It says there, Patrick Peterson, maybe you're paying more for a name there, Hassan Redick. Uh, another guy from the, the Cardinals defense there, kind of a, a Swiss Army knife player, Corey Davis, mm-hmm. a guy who's had some decent years with uh, Tennessee and Ryan Tannehill. Here's, here's the name though. Um, a couple of names, Joe, Joe Tooney and Corey Lindsley. Joe, uh, Joe Tooney obviously is a guy where the, the Bengals may be enticed to go to. Um, but he says, you know, they may just be getting, especially for their positions, I think is what Rosenthal was saying. Um, maybe getting uh, some pretty big paydays. So yeah. Worth it though. I mean, if you think that this, uh, the thing is with me with Tooney is he's a guy that he's, he's incredibly durable. And if there's one thing that the Bengals have issues with, it's getting players who play full seasons, most, if not all the snaps Mm -hmm. that they are asked to. And uh, that's, that's what plagued the free agency class of theirs last year. So to me, that alone is kind of worth a pretty penny along with the, the high performance.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, Wow. Um, what, what do you th- what do you think of? I mean, would you prefer if the Bengals had a choice in free agency? Would you rather them go after tackle, or would you rather them address interior offensive line at this point?
1: I think offensive line, interior.
0: Yeah, o- like offensive tackle or interior offensive line. You would say interior. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that that Bobby Hart doesn't stick around and. Um, I don't know. Uh, We'll see what they do there. But uh, even Mitch Trubisky may get some money. This is an interesting article article here. Sammy Watkins is only 27 years old. Feels like Sammy Watkins has been in the league for like 10 years. It's crazy (laughs) uh, that he's 27 years old. Uh, So anyway, Joe Tooney is a guy who, you know, they they feel may be a guy who gets overpaid here. We're going to bounce on out of here in just a minute. This is another one from NFL.com. And this is Chad writer or rooter. Uh, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce his last name, but he is a prominent writer. He does a lot of mock drafts, a lot of NFL draft stuff, four rounds this time. And I will not go through each because a, an NFL.com video queues up every single time that I do it. So I'm not going to do that, but I will say this, I will show you what pit, that the pick was at five, Ooh. which is not surprising. It is Penny Sewell is who he, and I think in his last edition of his mock draft. This is who he had them taking. So it's Panay Sewell. And then uh, he has them, I will say this, he has them addressing edge rusher. He has them addressing offensive line one more time, and then another offensive position. So go check out the four round mock, some interesting names. Panay Sewell is the pick in round one for Chad Ruder in uh, in his most recent mock draft. Richard, in your we're we're sitting here in in early March. The Bengals have not done anything in free agency. The Bengals are on the clock. They stay at number five. Gut feeling. Call your shot here. What do you what do you who do you think they're taking it, at number five overall at this point in time with no free agency done and we know all the needs and wants at this point. Uh Penny. Yeah. Hands down. Uh, yeah. I
1: mean, as much as I want Chase, Penny's got to go first. Yeah, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm i in agreement with you. You know, I like the idea of Kyle Pitts, and I like the mm-hmm. idea of, of Jamar Chase. Um, You know, I a lot can be said about Rashawn Slater. He's he's a nice player too, but I think just I, – I think right now with the needs, Sewell makes a lot of sense. Now that can change if for some reason the Bengals make some moves to get an offensive tackle, and all of a sudden you've got yeah. Jonah Williams and another free agent offensive tackle. Then all of a sudden Penne P- Sewell just becomes l- much more of a luxury pick at that point. Um, and then you know maybe you look to have a little more fun with Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase at that point. Wide receiver is a sneaky need, though. I've said this on this program a yeah. lot. Um, mm-hmm. They got four four impending free agents at that at that position group, so they they need to figure yeah. out something um, something there and, and get some replenishment of of talent. But I think I'm with yeah, you with,
1: with, with Penny though. He took the year off, didn't he? His yes, senior year. Uh, so what would be your concern or positive on that? Well,
0: you know, he's he's presumably healthy, yeah, uh, because he you know the wear and tear, and he's and he's really young still. Um, yeah. So it's not like he lost a year and he's entering the draft at twenty three, twenty four years old. I think he's like twenty one. Um, yep. so he's 21. still pretty young. Um, so that that to me, when you take that year off, your body doesn't take the beating, and and you're still young. That's a plus, I think. And I understand the sentiment. I think a lot of people also want to see, you know, the concern is the consistency on tape. When you really flash in one year, especially for Jamar Chase, when you really flash in one year, you kind of want to see a little bit more consistency there. But I mean, the truth truth is, in 2018, Pene Sewell was already showing a lot of good stuff on tape as well. So, um, you know, to me, I, 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 I I'm a, i am I understand the hesitations a little bit uh, in terms yeah. of not seeing a guy play for an entire year, but. It's not, it's not, it it would be a different scenario if he blew out his knee and then you're talking about taking him or something like that. This, this is a different scenario and um, I, I, it doesn't worry me as much. I just, uh, you know, I I think, I think it would have been nice to see a little bit more consistency um, on film there, but uh, you know, consistency in terms of him carrying over, he was consistent in 18, 19, trust me, that's not what I mean. I mean, carrying over in, in 20, playing more, but um yeah. to to your point I think I think he looks like the real deal. So uh And I love
1: it. He won't be coming in injured. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. a bless. I'm yeah. like yes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't <laughs> don't, don't don't get him hurt in OTAs. Don't get him hurt in any of this kind of yeah. stuff. You bring him in. You got to you got to get these offensive linemen healthy and ready to protect number 9 there. Um yeah. Richard, it's been great talking with you. We're going to bounce on out of here. I'm going to put your uh the the URL to your Twitter handle if you don't mind. Um, so people no. can hit you up for some graphic design work. You do great work. Thank you again for the logo that you did there. Yes, you're giving that away. Tell people about that.
1: I'm giving this away. Uh, it's a 14 by 11 inch poster. I designed it myself. And here's the bonus I'm going to give two of them away. Oh, nice. So nice. I will be announcing those later on my Twitter. There's a pinned Tweet, retweet it. Follow me, and you'll be entered. No cost to you. I'm doing it because I love you guys all. And who they?
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I remember you put out a cool. I think, I think it was. gosh, was it in the summertime? You're like, hey, I'm out of town or something, and the Joe Mixon contract yes. was was coming up, and you had you had like teed up. I think it was Bank- <laughs> Jim Foster and I, yep. and you're like, hey, can you guys just pop this out here for me just yep. in case he gets signed? I'm like, of course. The one time the poor guy goes out of town or on vacation <laughs> yeah. or something, the big news hits and he has this awesome deal. And I think that was the design that you would yep. put out when he when he signed that contract, right? Yep. Yeah. That yep. that was funny. That was awesome. I mean,
1: yeah. Can't wait to get that guy back. Yes,
0: yes. We need him healthy, too. Richard, great speaking with you again. Good to good to talk with you. I hope our paths cross in person sometime soon. We'll have to yeah. we'll have to definitely you know uh, figure out get into a game together and whatnot. I know uh, I've, I talked to my brother about being in contact with you too. I remember you met my brother Brandon out out in Seattle yeah. as well. So it was a great time meeting you and Jim and and all of the others out there. You guys showed us a good time out there, and uh, thank you again for the work that you've done for this show. I appreciate it, and um, good seeing you, man. Take care. Good seeing you. Thank you. Good day everybody. Good